Well, welcome, 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 rugby league fans around the world. This is Rugby League in America. So glad to have you join us. It has been a well, it's been a crazy twenty four hours, to say the least. We'll get into that soon. If you know what I'm talking about, you already know what this episode will mostly focus on. That is the announcement from the IRL that came out about 24 hours ago. Uh, As of recording this, I'm recording this on Friday, August 4th. This is Rugby League in America in episode 223. Very excited to have you joining me. I am on my own today. For those of you that don't know, I'm Dustin Zare, man with a mic, talking to you live, well, sort of live, from the East Coast of the United States, talking about the game we all love, that's Rugby League. Before we dive into the hornet's nest, that is International Rugby League's announcement that came out yesterday. (laughs) I want to talk about all the great things that are happening around the Americas. A lot of news. So we'll kind of call this a combination of news of the week, things that you missed, but also an update on, you know, the, the status of the World Cup. I'll be as clear and concise as we possibly can with you about what I know. I've been talking with a lot of different people in different organizations as it pertains to uh, the announcement. But again, we'll talk about that later. That's the, that's the last thing. We'll wrap up the show with that. I want to kick things off talking about some great news of the week. First thing is, if you, if you missed it, the women's national team for the USA has announced the extended squad for the America's North Championship being held in Kingston, Jamaica, coming up in September. Very excited about this. Obviously, you know, growing the women's sport is vital. We, we know we want to see the women's team grow. We, we, we saw it happening last year. Um, you know, we've got some exciting things that are coming for the women's. And we hope that we can see more games, more matches being played. I think this America's Championship coming up is playing at the University of the West Indies down in Jamaica um, will be great. Obviously. USA, Jamaica, Canada, the three teams that are playing down there. Um, I think that it will be a good showcase. We hope that they can all you know, stay healthy, but also we can ha- expect to see you know, quite a few good matches while they're down there. One important thing to note, and I think it is, is pretty cool, actually. There will be 13 first cap players on the women's national team. You have some returning players like Robin Oliveri. You've got Samantha Black-Keels. Um, you know, Kate Davis, some names that have been around for a couple years in the in the team, but obviously lots of new faces. You know, I think of of the total, um, I want to say there's twenty something. Yeah, you know, about about twenty two, twenty three, something like that. Sorry if I don't know the full number right now, um, but I do know that there are some some new faces and 13 new faces is exciting means it's growing. You know, those that have kind of tried and worked uh, to play on this with the, 
the Pacific Coast Rugby League had the women's matches. You've got, you know, the Tampa Mayhem and the, uh, the Tampa Mischief, excuse me, and the Jacksonville Axe Women. You know, they're doing great things for Rugby League. They're helping kind of set the stage for what's to come. So that's exciting. So be excited for that. We'll have more information. Obviously, you have Addie Cooney and Ben, uh, and ben Cavalieri uh, out in Pacific Coast Rugby League who are heading up the PCRL, but they're also the women's coaches. And then you have uh, uh, Caramelli uh, Faye. I believe I said her name correctly. I apologize if I did um, not say it the right way. Um, so that's kind of uh, exciting to have all three of them helping the women's team out as well. Good news. Just a quick note. So we're looking to you know, kind of continue to support them. They've been doing a great, great thing together. They've actually got a lot of sponsorships right now. So they've got about four new sponsorships that they just announced. Uh, one is announced yesterday as well. And we look forward to seeing them play in the America's North Championship in Jamaica in September. Next big thing on the list. And we stick with the PCRL because they just continue to, to do great things. We knew that Oregon Rugby League had kind of uh, submitted their interest to play. We are excited that the Oregon Rugby League team will play its first inaugural men's game on September 3rd at 1 o'clock. They're calling it the Battle in the Capitol, playing at the, uh, in, in Kaiser, Oregon. So it's really excited. They're going to play uh, the Vancouver Dragons, who just came off a grand final match in the RLBC, which we'll get into here in a minute, but you know, obviously big things, um, you know, the, the head of the RL, uh, Nick Sarabia, like he is, man, that dude works hard. He's a, he's a farmer, but he's also just crushing things over there with the RL trying to get things going. Um, you know, I think if, if you haven't seen it, there's a GoFundMe. I mean, obviously every new startup rugby league team needs help. And, his is definitely one that's going to need some help. So they got some cool kits that are coming out. Maybe, you know, maybe you help. Maybe you want to sponsor. Maybe you want to throw in 300 bucks and, you know, uh, get your name on a shirt or something like that. Uh, or get your company on, on, on one of their kits. Hey, how cool would it be to be an inaugural kit? Um, Oregon will be joining the PCRL as far as we know. Um, I think that that's pretty exciting. I think the good thing is, you know, they're playing the Dragons. The Dragons are a tough team. Uh, again, just played in the grand final, which we'll talk about here in a minute. I think the exciting thing is, uh, you know, they talked with Josh Knight, who is the uh, former interim head of Canada Rugby League, but he's also the president of the Vancouver Dragons. Um, he said that they're coming off a successful rugby league season, looking forward to the first road trip as a club uh, to visit our southern neighbors. Um, they're also excited to help grow rugby league in Oregon um, and, and all, you know, and I think building the growth of sport in Pacific Northwest is important, right? Because if we grow Oregon and they continue to move from California in the South to Northern California to Oregon, the next place is Seattle. Um, so up into Washington, where there's, you know, again, huge uh, Pacific Island population. Um, and a lot of players play rugby union up there, which you could pull from. And I think that it drives more interest in creating kind of a battle of the border with the, um, you know, with a Washington, you know, Vancouver, you know, uh, rugby league match. And that would be kind of fun. So we'll see what happens with there. Lots of exciting things. Congrats on Oregon Rugby League. We'll post a link to their GoFundMe on our social media pages because you do need to go out. You need to help them out. Just drop a couple bucks if you can. It'd be exciting to see what they're going to do. Speaking of 
the Vancouver Dragons. We all know that they were playing last week against the Point Grey Thunder in a grand final up in the RLBC to close out the, to close out the season. Point Grey Thunder coming in, having won the last two grand finals. Earlier in the season, the, the Thunder narrowly escaped and won 36-34 against the Vancouver Dragons. And, you know, I think it was you know, a solid matchup. The Dragons finished third in the season. Point Grey Thunder beat the Valley Vipers the week before, who were the, the, the minor premiers in the RLBC, which is very exciting uh, to see the Point Grey Thunder. They come out and they play big and big games, and they did so in this matchup. First half was 16-0 Point Grey Thunder. I think the Thunder really exposed um, you know, that, that right side defense, the right edge defense for the Dragons in the first half. I think the Dragons just couldn't keep up with some of the speed on on the Thunder's left wing and, you know, gained really important territory in that first half. You know, but don't, don't put it best, the Dragons. They came back in the second half. They fought back. They got within, I think, uh, six points, six, eight points at one particular point in time. Um, but unfortunately uh, for the Dragons, they couldn't they they couldn't take down the Thunder who make it three in a row final score 28 18 man what a what a run for point gray thunder in the grand finals that's three in a row dylan hamilton was awarded the mvp of the final and and congrats to them congrats to point gray they they show up when it matters the most that's for sure coming in fourth place in the regular season and going in and beating the valley vipers who were pretty much dominated most of the season up until like the last week or two so Congrats to them. 28-18 grand final score. RLBC, a good close to the entire season over there in British Columbia. And coming in next here, we've got the Rugby League United up in the northeast of the United States. They are coming into round five, which is their final round before the grand final. And right now, man, the uh, the DC Cavalry are absolutely just punishing people. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, like they are really, they've been per- putting a hurt on them. Uh, they won, you know, the past couple matches, I think 88 to eight, something like that. Um, they're just putting up huge numbers against their opponents. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Um, you know, just like the Valley Vipers putting up big numbers and playing well, they ended up not winning the grand final. So we'll see. This week is round six of. Rugby League United coming off a big win for DC, obviously, who sit 5-0 top of the table. They're taking on second place Brooklyn Kings in Brooklyn. Home match for the Kings. Can the Kings stop the horsies from running all over the RLU? We'll see. And then the other match is a 3.30 kickoff in Eden Park in Delaware. Get the Black Foxes hosting the Boston 13s. Can the Foxes and they, and they squeak one win out on the season. You know, you're hosting the 13th. They are, you know, both sit kind of bottom of the table right now. Um, so we're, we'll see. I don't, I don't know for sure. You've got a one versus two matchup, which obviously Brooklyn and, and DC. Uh, I think it will finish. I think it will finish one, two with those teams. So it's kind of a preview of the grand final. We'll see how everything goes there. I don't know. It's going to be tight. 
more stuff, more fun stuff to come from the RLU. We'll have an update on that match probably midweek next week in a preview of their grand final coming up the week after. Speaking of finals and champions, let's move over to the PCRL where you've got the Utah division. You got the California division. Let's start at the California division. The dead Pelicans went rampant on people undefeated in the season. Uh, technically, they had one draw, but that was the week that was canceled for the Heat Index being well over 110 on the pitch. They finished the season top of the table in the California division with 11 points. The unfortunate thing about the end of the season for the PCRL, and really this is not just PCRL, it's a, a other teams across rugby league in the U.S. as well, is that these final matches that were supposed to take place had to be canceled because of, well, injury uh, and lack of getting number of players out to be able to, to commit to play. Uh, it happened uh, with Atlanta going down uh, to play the Copperheads last week, where unfortunately, because of injuries sustained, not just in the match against Tampa the week before, but throughout the season, the players, they just didn't have enough of them. And so they couldn't play. The Dead Pelicans, while they finish a season at, at five and one, five, five, oh, and one, excuse me, they, the last two matches that they're supposed to play against the Mongrel and the Barracudas had to be unfortunately canceled and forfeited because the Mongrel had injuries that week and the Barracudas ran into the same problem. <laughs> it is growing pains, is what it is, you know? It's unfortunate, but it, it is part of it right now as we do try to grow the sport here in the Americas, as we try to get more players to play, as we try to expand. It's going to be, you know, rough goings, at least for a little while. I will say this, PCRL, great job. Four teams in the California division. You played a bunch of matches. You had a, you know, almost had the Magic Weekend one there in Fresno if it wasn't so bloody hot. Uh, um, but, you know, for season one, not bad. You know, we'll we'll see what happens in season two. You know, I think it's it's going to be, you know, hotly tested in the future. So that's going to be something. So it's just too bad that on the run out, the you know the matches for the Dead Pelicans. You know, there, there's two wins where you get the you know, forty to nil wins because of the Mongrel and the Barracudas in back to back weeks. But that puts that puts the Dead Pelicans at a bit of a disadvantage going into the PCRL championship against the winner of the Utah division. And unfortunately this past weekend, the bear this coming weekend, the Barracudas were supposed to play the banditos, but banditos again, ran into the same thing as everybody else. And it's, it's injuries. And so they had to forfeit this week's match as well. It ends the season on kind of a, I would say anticlimactic note, but it is what it is. And so we hope that, you know, now that the season's over for the PCRL, at least for the, the three other teams, minus the Dead Pelicans, we hope that they can go out and they can get some, some new recruits, start training for next year, start bringing in more people, and can build out the, the comprehensive structure that's needed to have a rugby league team. I think it's probably somewhere in the number of you know, 30 to 35 players at minimum, which is, says a lot. Can teams get that on a consistent week-over-week basis? 
Only time will tell. So let's move into the the competitor for the PCRL championship, and that is over in Utah. Man, oh man, if you've not been watching Utah matches, you are missing out on high-scoring affairs. Last week's matches between the Roosters and the Broncos, 20-34. to 34. The Storm beat the Seagulls, 48-44. And that sets up this week the championship matches for the Hopoate Cup, which is what they've named their cup in Utah, which is fantastic. You have the, the Harriman Roosters are going to be playing the Glendale Storm for the third place match. And in the final of the Utah Rugby League Association Hopoate Cup, it is the Riverton Seagulls and the Provo Broncos. Now, this is pretty exciting. Unfortunately, the, the match between the Broncos and the Seagulls earlier in the season was uh, considered a, a no contest due to some issues um, uh, that, that stemmed at, towards the end of the match. I won't get into it because not a lot of stuff has been released on that. So we'll kind of wait and get a, an update on that. But there were some suspensions. Um, there was some controversy, apparently. So I just want to make sure that we don't have uh, our we don't have all the details from each party. So we're not going to make a, a judgment on that. But uh, it is going to be exciting. I think Provo and and Riverton have both been strong this season. I mean, obviously, the matches just have been really fantastic. I, I look forward to seeing this match. Uh, it'll be one o'clock local time uh, for the championship for the first place match and then 11 a.m. for the third and fourth place match uh, or the third place match, I should say. And so, you know, go on to Rugby League, Utah Rugby League Association on their Facebook page or on YouTube, and you can actually watch their matches. Uh, unfortunately, the sound is not on there live, but they do post it later when it comes back on. And Utah's growing. It's going to be exciting. There's potential that they may have two more teams next year join. We need to figure out what they're doing in Utah and how they have so many players and see if we can replicate that everywhere else. We'll, uh, we'll have a full recap and kind of a preview of the PCRL Grand Final uh, as they uh, edge near to playing that national championship against the winners of the USARL. Speaking of, let's talk USARL South Finals is this week. And you've got probably two of the more storied teams in American Rugby League going up once again. It seems like it's every year you're going to have the Jacksonville Axemen and the Tampa Mayhem going at it. Earlier in this season, they were they split the homes and aways. Um, you had and both the men's and the women's, by the way, I should should point that out. You know, home match, Mayhem won 42-14 in the men's game, and the Mischief won 48-28. However, both teams travel from Tampa up to Jacksonville, and the women win 16 to 12, and the men win 20 to 6. Now, with other matches throughout the season and point differentiation, it really didn't matter, uh, especially for you know dictating who would be the one and two team. Uh, Copperheads winless on the season or had one win on the season due to the forfeit from the Rhinos. Uh, Rhinos also kind of had had the same one win for the Copperheads traveling or they win over the Copperheads at home. So those two teams finish at the bottom of the table. The Axemen finish second, uh, I believe, on point differentiation, actually. And the Mayhem finish first. So the home game will be this Saturday, 
August 5th in Tampa. Going to be exciting. Hopefully they have a nice stream of that game as well. Big matchups this weekend. Big matchups. Uh, game, I believe, is 5.30 local kickoff. So you can go and you can watch the third place match for the Utah Rugby League Association, which uh, uh, Eastern time would kick off about two o'clock. Then you can watch at four o'clock. You can watch the championship match for Utah. And then hopefully on a side-by-side screen, you can have Tampa versus Jacksonville and the Utah, you know, second half of that. So we'll see. Big, exciting stuff all around rugby league in North America. Man, quick recap. USA women's team has announced Oregon Rugby League play their first ever match against Vancouver. RLBC Grand Champions for the third consecutive year, Point Grey Thunder. The final week of the RLU is heating up before their grand final. PCRL champions are the Dead Pelicans. Utah finals are this weekend as are the USARL finals this weekend. Whew. Man, oh man, that alone is 20 minutes of me talking about all the great stuff that's going on with rugby league in the United States and Canada too. Sorry, it's Canada too. So I just want to make sure. Now, the big news, <laughs> the moment you've all been waiting for. As of yesterday, Thursday, August 3rd, International Rugby League came out with a statement to announce that a new look World Cup will be staged in the Southern Hemisphere in 2026. Now, for those of you who have been out of the loop, the decision to move the 2026 World Cup to, uh, excuse me, World Cup to 2026 came from France's withdrawal as hosting the scheduled 2025 World Cup. And you move from the Northern Hemisphere to the Southern Hemisphere. Not a big deal. Most people thought that it was going to go to New Zealand. Uh, Even there was like a a Qatari-backed group that wanted to bring the World Cup to Qatar, which would have been probably a boatload of money. Uh, But I think a lot of controversy that would have surrounded that too. So... You know, we just kind of let that one go. We don't really talk about that at all. This is interesting. The decisions that were made are interesting. And I'm going to try to sum them up for you. International Rugby League has come out with key points. And I'll read these key points to you. And then we'll talk about it a little bit. Key point number one, Rugby League World Cup moved to 2026 in the Southern Hemisphere. It will be comprised of 10 men's teams, eight women's teams, and eight wheelchair teams. According to them, reducing the size of the tournament makes Rugby League World Cup 2026 more elite. Designing of a rejuvenated regional championship to aid in the qualifying process, including a new, and hear me out, World Series. State, hold on for that. Full member status nations will be eligible for World Cup qualifications international rankings to determine qualifiers for future World Cups, women's World Cups to be staged as a standalone tournament starting in 2028, and they've changed the World Cup cycle uh, with the following men's World Cup after 2026 to be staged in 2030. Okay. 
lot of stuff there. Let's backtrack and, and walk through it. 10 teams for the World Cup now. Eight women's, eight wheelchair. Everybody got that one? 10 teams. The question is, how many teams did we have in the last World Cup? And the answer, 16 for the men's side. Talk about the men's side. So here we are. We've gone from 16 teams down to 10. Now, they say it's to make it more elite, and it will. The issue that I kind of have with this to start off with is eight of them are already qualified. So we already know eight teams that are in the World Cup. And there's only two slots left. The thing in there that a lot of people have pointed out on social media and asked me about already is full member status nations eligible for men's World Cup qualification. That is a huge, huge thing for emerging nations, developing nations, however you want to call it. The question is, who are those nations? Well, we all know, obviously, Samoa, France, England, Fiji, New Zealand, Australia, those ones, you know. The ones that are probably the most uh, relevant for this, this part of the conversation can be Jamaica, South Africa, Cook Islands, Ireland, Italy, Russia, Scotland, Serbia, Ukraine, and Wales. Those are the only full membership federations, according to International Rugby League, at this particular point in time. That leaves out emerging nations like Chile, Brazil, all of the African nations that are vying hard to start building out their domestic competitions and national teams in places like Ghana, Ethiopia, Cameroon, uh, the, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. These are all affiliate countries, federations, whatever you want to call it when it comes to rugby league. Also included in that, Canada and the United States. So if you're paying attention here, what this document has said is teams or entities such as Canada and the United States cannot qualify to play in the 2026 World Cup. Now, if you listen to the podcast that we had recently, you know, I guess recently, a couple, couple episodes ago, we talked about the World Cup. We talked about the the postponement of the World Cup, we talked about how it impacted the America's Championship. Originally, it played in France, the America's Championship was supposed to send two organizations to the World Cup. They had two spots. So you had the competition between Jamaica, United States, Canada, and Brazil. Remember, Brazil qualified by winning the South American Championship over Colombia and Chile. So basically, you've, you've ousted three of those teams because of the status. And it's not just 2026. As of right now, it will also go into 2030. So we're talking at least six years or seven years from today until the United States could potentially, or Canada, or Brazil could potentially play in the World Cup. Now, (laughs) 
I can tell you there has been a lot of chatter in the past couple of days on on the back channels, the dark webs of rugby league uh, WhatsApps. <laughs> uh, I know I've been a part of some of those conversations. I've talked to people. I won't tell you who or where they're where they're located, but I know that people are not happy. Right? It has been frustrating to say the least. Um, it is, man, it, it it's really bad. I can tell you that a, a letter came out from uh, the European Rugby League Association, breaking down kind of a high level of what is what was involved or what was discussed in the meeting. Here's what we know from the ERL is that they've stated the IRL is moving from a festival World Cup concept and plans to hold the competition every two years, starting in 2028. Um, the IRL believes a new model will attract long-term strategic partners that there is, you know, with the 10 teams, the qualifying teams will be a quarter finalist from the women's and wheelchair events plus four others. So everybody who qualified for the quarterfinals plus four others, um, IRL plans to introduce a Northern hemisphere try or four nations competition to increase competitiveness regionally. Um, and that the IRLs will use world rankings to select teams for future championships, encouraging Euro- European members to arrange more bilateral fixtures to improve their own rankings. So what that's saying is they want the ERL, the European Rugby League Association, to, to organize matches, wants the nations to organize matches, home and away fixtures, whatever it may be, to improve their own rankings. Um, there's talk of like a World Series in there. Um, Trust me, I, that's a that's a question that's come up already with people is trying to say, well, what is this World Series that you're talking about? You know, the the original document or the original post talked about um, an emphasis being placed on developing regional championships for the regions as a pathways for nations to develop and qualify for future World Cups, which is all well and good. Um, but that being said, the the IRL has stated they currently lack the funds, the sufficient funds to support the activities. So it's lead led to the suspension of member grants until income can be generated. So basically, a lot of these docu- a lot of these matches that take place get supported from International Rugby League. That's a grant that's given, you know, money they have and given to say the U.S. to go play. Jamaica or to go play Serbia if that were to happen there'd be a grant that it's held in place to support that competition to support that match going forward to play an international test match the IRL has stated in their documents they want teams to go play each other they want teams to play so they can do build up rankings and blah 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 blah. however they don't have the money to support so it's now on these emerging nations to to go through and generate their own income and go and compete against these teams which is which is should happen that's got to be a little bit financially stable so there's, there's nothing wrong with that but the IRL is forcing teams and changing the structure so that now that you have this change in structure of how a traditional world cup would work in qualification and regional qualifications and america's champion and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. now you get into the fact where you have to you're kind of out on your own so there has been some communications um i mean the the ERL letter was they acknowledges the challenges of arranging fixtures without funding and they're aiming to become self-sufficient in the future. But I mean, 
with a focus on regional championships in these qualifying tournaments, developing nations might find it really hard to secure spots in future World Cups. Basically, stunting the growth of the sport. It, it, in, in my mind, like, I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong. If people are saying it's a good thing, it's a bad thing. Everybody's on the fence. In my mind, it, it, you know, it's good for those countries if you're already in the eight and you don't have to worry about qualification or if you're already a member nation. It's not easy. It takes a long time in some cases to become a full member. It takes a lot of stipulations. You got to be, you know, financially salable. You've got to be, you've got to have a domestic competition. You've got to have, there's different steps that cut that are involved. Um, it doesn't happen overnight, but it makes it a little more challenging for these, these smaller countries, these smaller funded countries, what I should say. Um, and even the, the U.S., it makes it tougher, right? We're still struggling to get this organized. Obviously, the suspension of these member grants and the need for this self-sufficiency could impact the developing nation's ability to then organize fixtures and competitions without any external funding, um, limiting development and growth, right? Like, so if, if they're struggling to find it naturally and they can't get any support from IRL, well, then you know, what, what's to keep people as a, you know, a part of this entire you know, a system, right? If the, if the IRL isn't providing any support to an emerging nation, how is that growing the game? Right? How is that doing anything to, to provide any support? So that's what I have for my question there. Like that's, maybe someday we'll, we'll talk with Troy Grant about this because it's important. I think there's a lot of people who are curious about how this will actually work. Um, you know, I know that the World Cup is limiting the number of teams and you know, there's going to be, you're, you're leaving out some developing nation that could benefit exposure from higher level competition. So then you have this competitive disparity that's going to take place. And I'm getting very intense about this. I'm sorry. Usually it's a little bit more lighthearted, but this is a pretty serious situation. So that's from the men's standpoint and, and women's for this coming up one, there's a lot of frustration that people are having. I wonder if there's ability for the U.S. to qualify for the women's world cup this way because technically no even though we're playing the america's championship in jamaica in september as we talked about a little bit earlier we still don't know if we will actually qualify should we go down there and win against jamaica and canada so obviously uh you know we saw, i saw some people you know, even greece greece made the world cup and now they aren't able to potentially make a world cup um, you know, yeah. people said on social media, it's funny considering that if this happened two World Cups ago, the U.S. would automatically qualify, but now we aren't eligible to qualify. Now, again, we'll, we'll see what happens and what needs to be said on there, but there's a lot of questions. Um, whew, man, it is. You know, the email that came out from the, from the European Rugby League, it was, it was pretty, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, to say, hey, there's no money. And it basically says, like, why are you going to make a World Series or a, a regional competition and not, and not have any support or, you know, provide the necessary? It's almost like they're using the countries like a Greece, like the United States, like a Canada as like, hey, we're going to do this. And you're, you're kind and you're almost like touting and throwing a name out, just like drop a name. Like, hey, we're going to help grow the sport, but 
you won't be able to get it until you be, you won't be able to compete for a world cup or even challenge for a world cup until you do until you become full members right which you know we, we should be becoming full members there's no reason we shouldn't be so i just want to point that out to you. like we should be m- making the steps to become full members we should have already done it but obviously with the governance in the united states uh recently and the infighting and things that have been going on the past couple of years we didn't have that we're working on that but we didn't have that organization hopefully now we're at least moving down the right path okay let's talk quickly about the women's world cup part of this because this is very important as well there's only going to be eight women's teams now in 2021-2022 there were also eight teams but they were hoping for expansion hoping to add more to the to the pools so no growth there reverse growth with the number of teams and the mids the thing about the women's part that is very fascinating is actually the fact that starting in 2028 uh, they will have a standalone tournament and i don't i don't know um yes i know it's important to grow the women's game and i think it's doing great and they get to go out on their own and have their own qualifying tournament but don't know if the draw is big enough to have their own standalone tournament to get the TB rights and to get the the traction. You know, they said they want to go based upon the the foundations of the, the Women's Soccer World Cup happening in Australia right now. But I mean, come on, you're talking about soccer, football, whatever, versus Women's Rugby League. We are nowhere near that. You know, I know the NRLW is doing great and the Women's Super League, they're starting to grow, but we are nowhere near in the women's game that of international soccer to have a standalone Women's World Cup. And I think it actually benefited to have the Women's World Cup at the same time as the men's because it was it was it was the festival mentality. Women's wheelchair, men's all at the same time. How great was that? It was fun. We had a couple of weeks of watching nonstop rugby league action. So having it separate is maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but I just think that it is it's something that maybe was a, like a last minute change. I, I maybe I don't know. I, I think you know they talk about the rapid development of it in in the release, but I don't know if it's the actual right move. Um, because I think that it could it may hinder the growth in this particular point in time. Because you won't be able to make it if you don't have enough money to promote, you know, a, a 16 team World Cup for men's. I don't think that you're going to get the same traction for the women's. And I hate to say that right now, but it's probably true. Like, I'm just being honest. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll try to chat with some of the, the folks from the U.S. Rugby, women's Rugby League team uh, when we, you know, in an upcoming episode. But I think it's, you know, that it. Listen, it, it, there's a, it might limit the opportunities for these developing women's teams to compete alongside the men and gain more visibility. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think there's more visibility when they're competing alongside the men saying, hey, we're doing a World Cup at the exact same time. We can have our champions stand next to your, the men's champion, next to the wheelchair champions all at the very end. Everybody holding up their medals and, hey, we won the World Cup. Like, how? I think that's a cool option. But that's just me. Oh, my gosh. I think there's about a million more things to unpack. And, um, (laughs) 
I, I think we'll have more episodes. Maybe I'll try to get carbs on and talk about this. I know you guys have been missing him, you know, chasing his kangaroos. But uh, this is something that there's, there's going to take some time. It's going to take a lot of time to digest. It's going to take, it's going to take a lot of questions. And we're still waiting to hear back from, I've reached out to literally every uh, American, uh, Western Europe, Western European, Western Hemisphere Club, uh, Oregon Federation, I should say, to say, hey, what do you, what are your thoughts? What are your opinions? But uh, I don't have a response back from yet. I've been talking with a couple of them. They said, hey, we're, we're crafting our response. Uh, we're debating on how we're going to respond. So, you know, kudos to them for not saying anything before they've had a chance to craft it. So hopefully some stuff comes out. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's your update. There's, there's, your, there's your weekly update that's full of juiciness. <laughs> uh, I hope I covered everything on there. Um, if I missed something, I'm really sorry. Just uh, a lot of stuff coming out, short amount of time. Wanted to kind of touch all the main points that I can. Hey, appreciate you listening. Appreciate you tuning in. It's, uh, it's always a pleasure to chat with you. If you want to go buy great stuff for your, some of your favorite teams, rugbyleagueinamerica.net, we've got a whole store up. You can go buy some swag. You can buy flip-flops from the tampa mayhem you can buy uh, your boston 13s drinking glass if you want fill up a pint with your your favorite ale or your favorite you know hell should fill up 16 ounces of of bourbon for all i care um but go check it out we would love to support proceeds go to growing youth rugby league here in the u.s right now obviously those folks in utah are doing a great job growing youth rugby league so hopefully we can use the proceeds of your purchases online to go and support more youth rugby league growth in the United States and the rest of the Western hemisphere. We can hear who else is doing youth rugby league. We'd appreciate it. Reach out to us. Let us know. You're going to follow us on social media, RLA podcasts on Instagram and threads and threads. Yeah, we're on threads podcast, RLA on Twitter, Still going to call it Twitter. We're not calling it X yet. Sorry. And then, of course, if you want to follow me, man with a mic, we appreciate it. Until next time, my name is Dustin Zare. This has been Rugby League in America. <laughs> <laughs>